we are on Daniel chapter 2, talking about another dream. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and Daniel interprets it. Today, I'm going to be talking about uh, a couple things. Um, the power of prayer, the power of pray, prayer groups. I'm going to be talking about how God speaks, and then I'm going to be talking about how when we humble ourselves before the Lord, that God can um, move in difficult circumstances and God's ways, again, are much higher than our ways. But, but how, do we, how do we navigate some of these things that seem to be so um, life and death? And Daniel was in a life and death situation. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he asks all of his wise men, sorcerers, spiritualists, to interpret it. And, and the challenge with that was Nebuchadnezzar didn't tell him what the dream was. He just says, tell me what the dream is and then interpret it. Well, all the wise men were kind of like, you tell me what it was and we'll interpret it. And isn't that like the fortune tellers. Tell me enough about your life and I will tell you what <laughs> the cards tell you, right? And they just know how to play the game. Nobody could tell in, uh, Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was. And that made Nebuchadnezzar incredibly... Remember Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon? We started that series last week, about 600 uh, years, um, 600 BC area, so 6th century BC and, and nobody can interpret it. And, and Nebuchadnezzar got so mad that he basically said this, I want all the wise men, the sorcerers, the um, uh, Chaldeans were some other groups in there. I want them executed. Daniel happens to be um, named as one of the wise guys and with his friends, remember them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, um, and they're starting to fear for their life. Daniel very wisely, though, if you have Daniel chapter 2 in front of you with your Bibles, very wisely said, um, first of all, chapter 14, verse 2, I mean, sorry, verse 14, chapter 2, says this, then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to uh, Arik, and that was, Arik was the um, commander of the Babylonian emperor, was going around to get ready to kill all the wise guys. And he said, wait, let me have a chance of interpreting this dream. And so then he goes in verse 17, Then Daniel went to his house and made a matter known to Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery. So basically, Daniel comes and says, we need to have a prayer meeting. I think this is so important in today. I love that we have a group here that prays before church. Anyone is welcome to join that. They meet uh, in the Granite Room at 9.15 to pray. Um, and they pray for the service. They pray for you. We have a group that meets on Tuesday nights. Uh, correct, Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. 6 o'clock, sorry. 6 o'clock. And, um, and they just seek God on our behalf as well. And I think this 
you want to you see some, some powerful stuff, you got to start with prayer. See, human wisdom might move minds. Human wisdom might move minds, but God's wisdom moves mountains. God's wisdom moves mountains. And we need God's wisdom in the times that we're living in, like Daniel needed. He's like, God, I have got to come up with a solution here because all these people are going to lose their life. He prays. He thanks God because he gives, God gives Daniel what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of and the interpretation of that. So this is what we're going to go through today is we're going to talk about um, this dream and the interpretation of it. I want, interestingly enough, Daniel in the book of Daniel doesn't talk about the church at all, but he does talk about um, kings and kingdoms and empires, which is really interesting. He's very politically minded. And, and he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which is another interesting thing. You would think, why didn't God just give Daniel the dream? He gave Nebuchadnezzar the dream and then asked Daniel to interpret it. I don't have the, <laughs> the insight to know why he did that, but I think it's interesting that God used a person who was not following him to give him a disturbing dream, so much so that he needed an interpretation. So we're going to read this, and I'm, I'm going to show you a slide as I'm reading this because it's going to give you some context to it. Do follow along. Don't, I'll keep the slide up long enough, and I'll come back to it so you don't have to get lost in it. But in Daniel chapter 2, verse 31, we're going to read this. Daniel's interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was made of fine gold, very important of the metals here. Fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet of partly iron and partly clay. Another really important detail, iron and clay mixed together. As you looked, a stone was cut out of no hum by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken into pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away so that none, so, so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we'll tell you the king's interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, of whom God of heaven was given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hand he is given wherever they dwelled, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heaven, making you rule over them all. You are the head of gold. So Daniel basically saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, Good news for you, you are the head of gold, but not so good news afterwards. Another kingdom inferior to you shall rise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be, fourth, uh, shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks into the pieces and shatters all things. And that like 
and like that iron that crushes and breaks and crushes all things, all of these. And as you saw the feet and toes partly of pottery clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom, but some of the uh, firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with a soft clay. And the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with the soft clay and mixed with the one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as the iron does not mix with the clay. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. I'm going to end right there for a moment. So Daniel, and if you see on the slide, later you're going to see in Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 8, Daniel has other imagery and dreams that coincide with these kingdoms that begin to take place. Here we see the head of gold, the Babylonian Empire. When it was defeated, you see um, the Grecan um, Empire, the Greece, um, when it started and ended, and then you see the, um, the, sorry, the silver was next, which is the uh, Medo-Persian empires, which actually took over the Babylonian empire. Then the Greeks came in afterwards, and then the um, Roman empire afterwards. There's some, uh, we know that historically. So this is interesting that Daniel prophesied, well, I should say interpreted the dream, which became pro- uh, prophetic to what was going to happen throughout time. The interesting thing, the stone, which we know, Jesus is always known as the cornerstone, rock of ages. And so the interpretation here is that Jesus will return. This coincides with Revelation. Jesus will return and set up his own kingdom here on earth. In Revelation, that will be uh, known as the kingdom for the thousand, millennial reign for a thousand years. But Jesus is returning, and he will set up a kingdom here on earth, and he will obliterate all other kingdoms like chaff on a threshing floor, blown away. They'll never have any recollection of them. What this means for us, by the way, the toes, the mixture of the the clay and iron toes, some would say it's 10 nations in Europe, so it might be modern-day Europe. Others have interpreted that it is just... Um, 10 nations. And these 10 nations will actually come uh, against, they will be influenced by the Antichrist and will come against the world. But we have a king of kings and a lord of lords, the lion of Judah, that will crush all things and establish his kingdom on this earth. That's good news. The interesting thing, we're going to get into Daniel's interpretation of the 70 years and where do we fall in, in that timeline. And I, I do think it's interesting, if we were to look at this statue for a moment, that we don't see any other great kingdoms being established after the toes of clay and iron and before Jesus returns. Which would put in mind, some people would say, well, where is the United States in this, um, in this dream? Isn't that one of the greatest nations on the earth? And shouldn't it have been recognized on this statue? And my answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> 
But I do know that Jesus is returning. I do know that from this statue, there is not other great nations or empires that are going to be established. I do know that uh, through revelation and as Daniel's other uh, dreams and visions that he has of these times and errors, of these political events, of these great empires, that it makes us to be makes us really want to be very sensitive to the times that we're in. Our world again continues to see to be in upheaval. It seems to the Bible tells us in Thessalonians that there's wars and rumors of wars, and that at some point in time a third of the earth will will die. And and we don't know when the rapture is going to happen. If that's um, We'll talk about that a little bit later on over the next few weeks, but is it, is it, do we get raptured before the tribulation? Because uh, Daniel talks about it. He talks about those three and a half years. In the 69 years, there's a gap, and then he talks about his 70th year. And those, is it three and a half years in? Is it mid-tribulation, post-tribulation? There's probably a case for all of those, quite frankly. And I don't want you to get hung up on those things. Because um, the Bible also says nobody knows the day or the hour of his return. You start getting people saying, I know exactly when it's, he's coming back. And I was like, false prophet. Because <laughs> nobody knows. Only the Father in heaven knows, the Bible says. Only the Father in heaven knows. But he does say in Matthew that we will know the signs of the times. People will be given in marriage. In other words, life is going to be going on, right? There's, there's going to be regular activity going on. But it'll be like a woman in birth pains. That you begin to start feeling the contractions. And I feel like that's where we are today. We're starting to feel the contractions. But how do we kind of get ourselves into a right position to, to make sure that we don't get isolated like that other dream that I was sharing that I had last night? is we have to be in community. We have to be committed to each other. But I also think what Daniel modeled for us is we have to be people of prayer. We have to be people of prayer. Individual prayer, but I would say corporate prayer. That is what gave Daniel, I believe, he could have, Daniel could have said, I'm just going to my prayer closet and find out what Nebuchadnezzar's dream is. No, he, he gathered his buddies. And he says, We're, we need to have a prayer meeting. Some of you guys need to have a prayer meeting. Some of you are make, having decisions that are making that are so heavy. You need to call your friends, your Christian friends, and saying, come over to my house or I'm going to your house and we're going to have a prayer meeting. We need to seek God together on knowing what to do. That's the only way that we're going to be able to navigate these times that we're in. And remember, human wisdom might move minds but God's wisdom moves mountains. Some of you need mountains to be moved in your life and, and we need God's wisdom to do that. Yeah, we are at the end of that vision time, right? We don't know how many, because thousands of years have taken place. By the way, the two legs on that statue was probably the, the it, even though he doesn't mention the church, those two legs do represent, there was a splitting of, of the early church because the, the bottom of those legs actually took place right around the time uh, of Jesus' uh, coming to earth. And then after Jesus left, you had the start of the um, 
Pauline or the uh, papal type, the Pope, right? The Catholic Church kind of got established to the, um, to the West. And then the um, Greek Orthodox got started to the East. And those were the two legs. And so you see the church starting to emerge in that storyline. That would be the Gentile church. Before that, you'd have the Jewish uh, promises and covenants with God. Again, information that's probably just like, well, that's just good information. But how does that, what does that mean for you? Prayer is critical. That's what it means for you, number one. Number two, you have to be in community. Number three, that we have to understand the times that we're in. I would encourage you just to not try to live life as normal. I would try to, for you to be very attentive to the signs of the times, not hypothesizing, not kind of like, uh, you know, getting too worried about the signs, but getting more connected to Jesus and in tune with his Holy Spirit. That's why I love our doing what Jesus did class, because it really helps you be in tune to the Holy Spirit. But I, I would also say this. Oh, the God's been giving me dreams lately too. Another dream I had a couple days ago and I'm just gonna share, I was gonna say, or maybe I'll just do it and not talk about the dream. But God gave me another dream that it was at the end of the service and we'd asked our prayer team to come up. But I asked them to come up with a card and there's cards in your seat pockets there that actually say, I've I prayed to receive Christ. And actually, I guess I'll do that today. If you're the prayer team, you can grab one of those cards. Because um, I, I believe when I had this dream, I believe that God was saying, this is what's going to happen in these days. I'll bring connection to that card. But if you have that card that says, I received Jesus. At the end of this service, I'm going to ask you if you have not made a decision to follow Jesus in your life and you're here today that I'd like you to come to one of those prayer people at the front and there you're gonna tell them that you wanna receive Christ. They're gonna fill your name out on the card and the only reason they're going to do that is so I can follow up with you and give you some resources of next steps. Because a decision alone today is not going to be enough. You need to be connected to a body. You need to be connected to a church. You need to be connected to people. And, and we need to know who you are and help you. Because when you give your life to Jesus, the enemy does not like that one little bit. And he's gonna isolate you and try to take you out. He's gonna try to shoot you in the foot. <laughs> but you're not going to, um, you're not gonna go there. You're gonna be connected to a group of people who will worship Jesus together. So prayer team today, if you wouldn't mind doing that, and then I'm going to ask you if you are, have not made a commitment or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Like it's, this is serious time. I, I, church, I want to tell you, it's serious time. <laughs> but in my dream, I saw um, a good number of people coming forward, but it's, it's going to be a weekly thing because I'm not saying we do this every week, but, but people need the hope that only Jesus can give us. Amen. Our world needs this hope. And, and, it's, and I, I felt like the Lord was saying, it's too, we've been too quiet for too long. We need to not let our light be hidden underneath a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, right? <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. 
Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.